0: Welcome to the Taishin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by Sub China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Taishin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Taishin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Did you know that this week, January 21st to be specific, is International Sweatpants Appreciation Day? And if I may be so bold as to say so myself, in many ways this show does resemble that humble piece of attire, well-fitting, unpretentious, and never going out of style. And I guess we do occasionally go out on a stretch with our attempts at humor. Now, whether you may be tuning into this podcast wearing sweatpants, as I am, any other garments, or even just rocking out in your birthday suit, You've definitely come to the right place if you want to keep up with China's business developments. And this week's episode does not disappoint. We've got the latest on the Asian giant's battle against the new Omicron variant. There's also big news on how China is getting tough on sneaky after-school tutoring enterprises. And after a seriously long wait, Evergrande Auto has finally produced its first-ever car. But we kick off our weekly roundup of China's most important business news with the latest on everyone's favorite indicator, GDP. According to the National Bureau of Statistics, China's GDP grew 8.1% in 2021. That's as the economy's rapid recovery from the pandemic faded in the second half of the year amid power shortages and turmoil in the real estate sector. The annual growth was partly due to a low comparison base in 2020, when the economy was disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic and grew by a mere 2.3%. Official data also showed that China's birth rate dropped to 7.52 per 1,000 people last year, the lowest since the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949. The country's natural increase rate fell to 0.034%, the lowest since 1960. That suggests China's total population may have peaked in 2021. According to Zhang Zhiwei, the chief economist at Pinpoint Asset Management, the figure indicates that potential economic growth will slow faster than what was previously expected. What's almost definitely gotten a lot of tongues wagging these past few days is how Omicron has reached the Chinese capital of Beijing. The city reported its first local case of the new variant on Saturday, that's three weeks before the Winter Olympics are scheduled to be held in the city. According to the authorities, the patient has been living and working in Beijing's Haidian District. Close contacts have been tested. Those who visited the same locations as the patient have been ordered to report to authorities. In the meantime, Beijing has sealed up the patient's residential compound and workplace. So far, thousands of samples have been collected for testing from people linked to the two locations. But the country's capital isn't the only part of China grappling with the highly transmissible new variant. At least nine cities have confirmed hundreds of Omicron infections. That includes Shanghai and cities in Henan, Liaoning, and Guangdong provinces. Several Chinese cities have imposed lockdown measures after local outbreaks. In order to prevent more contagion seeping into the country, China has so far this year suspended over 180 incoming international flights. That's after a raft of passengers tested positive for COVID-19. Last week, the nation's civil aviation regulator issued orders suspending at least nine international services operated by domestic and overseas carriers. The move affects flights from Europe, Canada, the U.S., and Indonesia. In particular, the cancellations affect all carriers flying between China and the U.S., thus sparking fears of further travel disruptions. These services are to be shelved for two to eight weeks, depending on the number of cases of infection found among passengers. Since January 1st, more than 600 infections were reported among inbound travelers. Also creating quite a buzz is how China's education ministry is on a mission to teach sneaky tutoring companies a hard lesson. The authorities have intensified supervision on after-school education providers that go underground by renaming their services or switching to individual tutoring. These sketchy tactics are becoming even more widespread as demand for tutors creeps up with the winter holidays approaching. Earlier this month, the ministry issued a notice requiring local education authorities to strengthen policy enforcement during the school holiday period and to crack down on private tutoring for school curriculum subjects conducted in the name of so-called thinking training or even home economics services. If any tutoring companies do get caught in the wrong, they could face punishment such as hefty fines or even getting their businesses shut down. Such businesses have turned such tricks amid the government crackdown on private education enterprises. That regulatory shakeup effectively turned the industry into a non-profit. Last week also saw some interesting developments when it comes to China's biggest LGBTQ dating app. Beijing-based social media firm Newborn Town said it would set up a $100 million fund with its controlling shareholder with a view to privatizing NASDAQ-listed Blue City. That's the company which operates the popular app Blued. In a filing Thursday, Hong Kong-listed Newborn Town said it intended the deal to expand its global reach and seek opportunities in areas such as the metaverse. The plan comes after Blue City struggled to make a profit last year and its NASDAQ-listed shares performed poorly. A source told Saishin that Newborn Town would seek to grow the firm in key overseas markets such as Southeast Asia and Latin America. And that's not the only tech news making the headlines. Word is that China's new payment standards could very well shake up the duopoly of Alipay and WeChat pay. Industry insiders have told Caixin that the nation's new technical standards for unifying digital payment barcodes have laid the groundwork for tearing down the walls between different payment platforms. However, these sources also say that the extent to which the interoperability can be achieved will depend on how forcefully regulators enforce these non-mandatory provisions. If strictly implemented, these standards are expected to have a significant impact on the booming multi-trillion dollar mobile payment market. The new specifications for integrating payment barcodes were introduced by the Chinese Central Bank and lay out a set of unified technical requirements for payment service providers. That includes QR codes. The release of the technical standards fills an important piece of the puzzle, as the central bank strives to connect the payment barcodes issued by different payment service providers. That means one single barcode type working for all payment apps. After years of delaying mass production, Evergrande Auto has finally rolled out a vehicle. The electric car unit of debt-stricken developer Evergrande said it had finally produced its first actual car, 12 days ahead of schedule. In a post on the Weibo social media platform, the new energy vehicle company announced that it had achieved a big milestone with the production of the first Hongqiu 5 SUV. That being said, investors seemed unimpressed by the news. A day after the news broke, Evergrande Auto's Hong Kong-listed shares dropped 14%. The company has yet to sell a single car, but nevertheless was once China's most valuable listed car maker with a market cap. Of over 670 billion Hong Kong dollars. Likewise, its stock price has fallen some 95% since last April, as its parent strains under more than 300 billion dollars in liabilities after being barred from taking on new debt. Let's turn now to Tyson Global podcast producer and co-producer of this program, Nandini Venkata, who's going to fill us in on the latest with the COVID-19 pandemic in China as Omicron laps China's shores. Hey, Nandini.
1: Hey, Kaiser. Yeah, so last week, when I was on the show doing the interview, I told you, and of course our listeners, to stay tuned for more developments on the country's battle against the coronavirus. Well, today I'm back with some more pretty crazy updates.
0: Well, we're all intrigued, so don't keep us in suspense.
1: Yeah, so obviously, one of the biggest updates is that Omicron, the new coronavirus variant, has landed in Beijing. The Chinese capital reported its first Omicron case on Saturday. And of course, as we keep saying, you know, over and over again, having a case in Beijing or indeed having a corona case anywhere in China is really far from ideal at the moment. That's, of course, because the Chinese capital is on track to host the Winter Olympics. Those games, of course, kick off in early February, and that's just about three weeks away. What has gotten so much attention with this um, Omicron case in Beijing is the big question of how did this person actually get infected? I guess I should explain why this is especially um, mysterious Local health authorities are saying that after doing some genomic sequencing, this Omicron case in Beijing is actually unrelated to clusters in other parts of China. So now Beijing authorities have proposed a different theory, and that is that this patient may actually have caught Omicron from a package that was sent from Canada
0: Okay, Nandini, I think we're going to have to have a little bit of an explanation with this one. Uh, How did authorities come to the conclusion that she contracted the virus from a mailed package?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I should really stress that at the moment, this isn't 100% certain. What the local health officials are saying is simply that they cannot rule out this theory um, about the contagion being brought in into Beijing via the international mail. So let me explain what's triggered all these suspicions. Over 20 samples were taken from this one package and they all tested positive for the Omicron variant. Likewise, the Beijing Center for Disease Prevention and Control has said that the virus can stay alive at low temperatures for long periods So, obviously, because it's now winter, it's, of course, much colder. And according to the center, the risk of catching the disease um, from a surface is therefore heightened. Now, um, the center also added that some overseas mail and other items tested positive in many other parts of China, So, for example, in southern China, in Guangdong province, local officials have said that there could actually be a link between cases reported there and international packages. And I guess in any case, um, all of this may remind some of our listeners about previous claims China made, where it pointed the finger at imports of frozen seafood and had said that these products were behind um, some other previous virus flare-ups.
0: Okay, so has Beijing imposed new disease control measures when it comes to international mail?
1: Yeah, so actually sources have told Saishin that customs and postal authorities have told airports and logistics firms to disinfect cross-border deliveries more thoroughly And one potential ripple effect from all of this is that people may soon discover that it takes quite a while longer for them to receive any packages from abroad. The authorities have also cautioned people to import less goods from abroad. But having said all of this, it is important to recognize that not everyone is in agreement that this theory holds water. There is a lot of debate about how long the virus can actually survive on a surface, never mind whether it can actually survive long enough in um, international mail for it to continue infecting people. In the past, Saishin has actually spoken to some international experts, and they have said that it is possible for a surface sample to return a positive test, but This does not actually necessarily prove that the virus is still able to spread to people.
0: Nandini, down in Hong Kong, there are other very different claims going around, including the idea that hamsters may be responsible for the spread of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, Once again, we are going to need some explanation from you here, uh, and maybe we should warn any animal lovers that uh, they might want to skip ahead a bit in this conversation because it gets a little dark.
1: Yeah, Kaiser, that's right. So Hong Kong is getting ready to cull thousands of hamsters, and that's amid suspicions that these animals are spreading the Delta COVID variant. Now, here's what triggered all of this commotion. Um, It all traces back to a woman who was working at a pet shop in Hong Kong, and she ended up testing positive for Delta. Now, this is a really, really big deal because Hong Kong hasn't actually reported Delta cases in months. So if you remember from last week's show, um, I mentioned how the city has reintroduced some disease control measures, but that's all because um, Hong Kong is dealing with a flare-up in Omicron cases, so not Delta. So the shop at the center of all of this is called Little Boss, And after some probing, it turned out that hamsters sold in this store were actually infected with Delta. And these creatures had originally been imported from the Netherlands. So now suspicions are brewing that these hamsters have basically brought the Delta variant into Hong Kong with them.
0: Uh, So in light of all of this, Hong Kong authorities are taking some pretty drastic measures and are now wanting to call thousands of hamsters
1: yeah that's right um since this news broke there have been um a flurry of steps taken by hong kong um over 30 shops selling hamsters in the city have to shut down um temporarily to allow some cleaning and testing um anyone who's bought a pet hamster recently from um, any store in Hong Kong, must hand the animal over to the authorities so that their hamster can be culled. And over 100 people who visited that shop, little boss, have to go into quarantine. Likewise, Bloomberg also says that the city may be looking into culling other pet animals, and that includes rabbits and chinchillas. Now, quite obviously, this news will definitely be upsetting to a lot of people. And there has certainly been some public outcry. My colleague, who's originally from Hong Kong, told me that um, back home, she knows people who are just going simply nuts over this. And there have been reports of mass petitions already getting signed by thousands of people. But it's also worth um, noting that Hong Kong isn't the first Place on the planet to cull animals amid COVID concerns. A bit more than a year ago, Denmark ordered for millions of minks to be exterminated. And that was all due to concerns that these minks, um, they were farmed minks, could very likely be the source of virus mutations.
0: So I guess the big question is can you actually catch COVID from an animal? I mean, obviously, setting aside the question of COVID's origins which are in all likelihood zoonotic uh, are animal to animal transmissions uh, something that we've seen often at all in the last couple of years
1: yeah so there's actually scant evidence to suggest that um, humans can catch covid from animals so you know we really don't want to alarm pet owners here or you know heavens forbid scare them into throwing out their animals or you know doing something even worse So worldwide, there have been reports of animals catching COVID. But in all these cases, um, these animals weren't deemed to be um, contagious to humans. The actual first time that um, an animal was reported to have caught COVID was also in Hong Kong um, in early in 2020. And it involved a pet dog, a Pomeranian. But scientists came to the conclusion that the dog's coronavirus levels were so minute that it was very likely that the animal would spread the disease to humans. Likewise, there have also been reports of zoo animals, such as tigers and lions, catching the coronavirus. But again, none of them ended up spreading the contagion to humans, and all these animals did recover. So... This is something actually that um, Hong Kong recognizes, a press conference early in the week. The Food and Health Secretary did say that there isn't much international evidence to suggest that animals spread the disease to humans, but she also maintained that the city cannot rule out anything at the moment, and that it is best to err on the side of caution Bloomberg actually spoke to a man called Klaus Ostreider, who's the dean of the College of Veterinary Medicine, as well as the chair of virology at the City University of Hong Kong. And he told them that uh, Hong Kong's reaction may come across as very shocking, you know, with ordering this hamster call. but he also said that it might be a wise decision. According to Ostreider, Um, in scenarios where you need to keep the coronavirus out of your borders, um, any new introduction, even if it seems, you know, very innocent and very unlikely, could actually end up ruining the entire operation.
0: Okay, thanks, Nandini. Well, it certainly has not been a boring week, and uh, I look forward to uh, our next chat.
1: Thanks, Kaiser. Look forward to speaking to you soon.
0: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Sinica Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the new podcasts on the Sinica Network, like China Stories, featuring the best writing on China from around the web, and the China Sports Insider Podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com.